Look, Ken said, walking next to Saw just ahead. At least tell me you're angry, Saw. Don't tell me you think we deserve this. We harbored a spy, Saw muttered. A spy that Moash had quickly learned had been none other than Kaladin Stormblessed. Like a bunch of slaves should be able to spot a spy, Ken said. Really? Should the Spren have been the one to spot him? It's like they wanted something to pin on us. It's like... It's, um... Like it's a setup? Moash asked from behind. Yeah, a setup, Ken agreed. They did that a lot, forgetting words. Or maybe they were simply trying the words out for the first time. Their accent was so similar to that of many of the bridgemen who had been Moash's friends. Let go, Moash. Something deep within him whispered, Give up your pain. It's all right. You did what was natural. You can't be blamed. Stop carrying that burden. Let go. Heroes of presents The Storm Pod, a Stormlight Archive podcast. Book three, Oathbringer. This is just a quick spoiler warning for chapters 54 and 55. Make sure you go back and pick the right episode. Oh, make sure you're caught up on your reading. Make sure you're caught up on your reading. And make sure, and make sure, and make sure. You enjoy the episode. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Q. And when asked by Lady Leshwi what angers him, he said, Navani, it's Jack. What's up? Uh, what's up? I, yeah, it might be Navani. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to what let it go. angers you? Um, I will let it go. You know the smart-ass, uh, purple-eyed lady who I'm totally convinced <laughs> is bad news bears. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm getting over it. It's I know you slow are. but sure. I know you are. But, and uh, I hate to beat the dead horse joke here. Like, I, you know what I mean? But when <laughs> trying to come up with an intro, I was like, what does anger him? I'm like, I guess it's Navani. Like, it must really be sure. Navani. Yeah. Well, geez. I thought, I thought it was going to be uh, Jaeger or maybe Bowie from this ancient singer's name. Oh, yeah, right. Um, yeah, let's this talk about cool. that for a second. Yeah. Um, Lady Leshwi um, seems to be an important fused. Yeah. We don't really know their hi- hierarchy and how that works, but she seemed pretty important. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, well she, she flies now. She flies. Yeah. Wah, wah. Um, she's referring to Moash's name as being a name right. of one of the ancient people. Right. But she's referring to them as singers. Right. We know them as listeners. As listeners. Right. So, 
I guess the question is, these ancient, and I'm going to put quotes up here with my fingers. I don't know. Like this is an mm-hmm. audio platform, so no one knows sees what I'm doing here. But um, I can see those, the Parshendi those quotations. Mm-hmm. May have had two different types of peoples way back when. One named singers and one and named one named listeners. listeners. Right. Yeah. So this is the first hint at a more deep culture of these people than we have before. You know, we have yeah. these free people who lived on the shattered plains that the Alethi called Parshendi that we learn through uh, interludes. They're called, uh, uh, they call themselves listeners. And then everyone else who were in slave form and were under the thumb of the rest of, you know, culture. Um, this is the first we hear that there is another word, another term to describe these people. So mm-hmm. I, I, I bring it up. I, I was wondering here be- for a moment there if, if it was actually that they had gone through a transformation where they once were singers and, you know, sang about things and were very sort of, I guess, forthright in, in telling stories or something mm. and then became listeners or became uh, subjugated somehow, which made them listeners. Yeah, that's so I was wondering that, but I, I take your point as well in terms of like, it could have been two different types of people. I, I like what you're saying. It, 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 it has the same, it, it lends itself to the same point, which is there's more going on in their past than we're aware of mm-hmm. whether or not mm-hmm. this is two separate types of people, listeners and singers, or like you yeah. say, maybe they used to be called singers. And now this tiny group that survived on the shattered plains changed right. their, their identity of who they were because now they were only listening to those old songs. The singers used right. to sing. I like this a lot from you here. This is good. And I think, I think this, um, What's sort of fascinating about transitioning from being a singer to a listener is, you know, maybe they've sort of tried their hat at being singers and then realized at a certain point in their culture that it was better to just be a listener. Right. That maybe it, it has a, maybe it's, it's a better way to survive. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I'm going to, I'm going to make a little, I mean, I've, I know these books, I've read them, uh, but I'm going to make mm-hmm. a, a, a little, uh, guess here that now that we know this term called singer, yeah. now that it's been revealed to us, mm-hmm. other characters will now be allowed to talk about singers in the book. Lady Leshby right. says it to Moash. And now right. at some point, someone else is going to talk about that. It might not mm-hmm. be any of our Alethi group or any of our like main uh, uh, characters, but maybe it'll right. be Venli. Maybe in the next Venli POV and the next like interludes, maybe Venli will now then yeah. be allowed to mention Expand singers. on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because Sanderson does that, right? I want, I, I sort of wanted a little bit from this to indicate from Moash, maybe like where he got his name from. Right. Like who gave it to you? Mm -hmm. Was it, was it your parents? Right. If, if, if so, um, did they have some kind of a leaning or an understanding of the singers Mm -hmm. in such a way that they bestowed this name to you? So I was kind of hoping for a little more background in this chapter. We didn't get any of that. Didn't get it. No. Um, and also, I'm not really sure if Moash knows the answer. I don't think he does. I think more than likely, it reads to me like, mm. like Moash just happens to have a name that belonged mm. to a totally different people. 
Right. It's like, and this is a really not accurate um, example, but when we were in uh, the hospital with Nora, we uh, shared a room with another family. And when they found out that we were naming our daughter Nora, they were like, oh, that's an Arabic name. Because they were an Arabic family. They're like, that's an Arabic name. That's funny. And then they were like, we're naming our daughter Vanessa, which is traditionally not an Arabic name. So he, the, the husband was like, it's <laughs> like cool. we switch names kind of thing. It's like we, that's right. Yeah. So it's, wow, maybe it's like really that cool. where like Moash, his parents had heard that name from yeah. somewhere and were just right. like, they didn't even know what it meant, but that yeah. name survived all these centuries yeah. of, you know what I mean? I did like that explanation, uh, that the name survived. Yeah. And I, and what I also love about their meeting Okay, now we're potting about what we, about what we're going to cover in a, in a bit. But yeah, I love that's okay. that, that. That's one of my highlights. Is that, is that she, when she gets Moash up into the air, mm-hmm. she's like her first primary concern is about his name, right? And it speaks to Kaladin. It mm-hmm. speaks to the naming of all of these characters. Yeah. All the same sort of themes that are running through this this series. It's really funny because awesome. we literally just made a joke like. I don't know, last episode of the week before or whatever, where you what? we called Moash Kaladin Light. And then we were like, <laughs> it, what's what's his name? Yeah. Like, what kind of fun name could he have that is like, you know, Moash Light? Like, is he Moash Breeze? Uh, <laughs> Moash Breeze. You know, like Breeze, because uh, it's not as strong as a storm. But like, but now it's revealed that actually his name, after we teased him about it, his name is actually yeah. seemingly you know, kind of an important thing to the, these people. It's so, important. Yeah. It's not just, not just Kaladin. It's not just, uh, Moash decaffeinated, di- diet decaffeinated. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's crystal light. That's okay. It's, that's, it's crystal Moash light. Crystal okay. light. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Let's start up. Okay. Let's, let's jump into the meat of this thing. Mm-hmm. So we're going to cover chapter 54 first, an ancient singer's name, which we have already begun to discuss. Yes. Which is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so it starts off with another little cryptic bit here, but this is getting more interesting. Mm-hmm. It starts off with, I would have thought before attaining my current station that a deity could not be surprised. Obviously, this is not true. I can be surprised. I can perhaps even be naive, I think. Hmm. So we're getting confirmation here that yeah. this is a deity. Right speaking right and that a deity can be surprised so i guess not all knowing right or or consciously forgetting that's also possible right but the 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 person who's writing the letter is saying like i i would have thought that a deity would have been all knowing all the time but that's not the case that's not the case i can be naive even naive now Again, I would stipulate if you're if you're a deity, if you're all knowing, if those are attributes that you as- ascribe to those that would claim themselves to be a deity, mm-hmm. or that are a deity, the the question remains: Is it conscious or subconscious that you are these things? That you are naive, or can be surprised, or right. are not all knowing? Right. There, that's, so that, yeah, that's a, the complexity to that could be you know right. astronomical, uh, no pun intended. Um, uh, the um. <laughs> The other thing I want to bring up, uh, which is a memory um, we should remember about these little epigraphs, is that the writer is saying Mm -hmm. that they are um, a deity. 
And they also said in a previous chapter that the receiver of the letter gave up the chance for divinity. For divinity. Do you remember that? Yeah, de- yeah, denied it. Right. So the whoever is receiving this could have been a deity like this person, but they mm. they chose to give it up. Right. So you see. Yeah. Very very interesting. <laughs> and I think the next chapter has a really cool epigraph as well. That, yeah, it uh, does. That adds to it yeah. a little bit, right? So yeah. So it's this. These epigraphs are getting more and more interesting as more we get closer to the end of part two here. So of part two, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this begins with Ken. Mm-hmm. So I'm just. I'm just asking, Ken Grumbles, how this is any better. We were slaves under the Alethi, and now we're slaves under the fused great. It does me so much good to know that our misery is now at the hands of our own people. Mm -hmm. This is a really great point, I find, from Ken to start here. The Parsh woman set her bundle down with a rattling thump. "You'll You'll get us in trouble again talking like that, Saw said. And he dropped his bundle of wooden poles and then walked the back the other way. Moash followed, passing rows of humans and parchment, turning the poles into ladders. These, like Saw and the rest of his team, would soon be carrying those ladders into battle, facing down a storm of arrows. So I love this, that they're building something. It just reminds me of the way that Bridge 4 was sort of, I guess maintaining or building the bridge of like course. weren't they you know th- 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 this is very reminiscent of it but again they're using ladders i guess the ladders are the bridge mm-hmm. over which now are they expected to climb these walls with these ladders i or think the, so i th- or I think the warriors so. or maybe okay. maybe their their job is to get the ladders to position to the bridge, them to the wall right and that's it but i mean and, t- and take the arrows I'll, i don't know i guess we'll have to wait to see what happens this is this is amazing because this is uh, and this is happening imminently because there is an an urgency here because there's a logistical problem with being able to feed all of these right. parshmen, parshendi, and fused. Well, it's what we well we actually talked about this before, right? About how yeah. the you know the war and the supply lines and all that kind of stuff and how important that right. is and they can't do a long siege they no. have to they have to go for to get colonar to if they're going to do it yeah. yeah so i like the sense of it of that it's not going to take a long time mm-hmm. it's going to happen right okay so what a strange echo which i thought was a great alternate title here a strange echo yeah because because of how it's echoing his life like he's you know he's kind of he's repeating mm-hmm and we've talked about this, that with regards to Moash, this is almost exactly what we wanted. Right. Right? Like we wanted him to remain bridge four and he gets this opportunity and at the end of this chapter To kind of go begins, through it again. Begins steps toward it. Yeah. yeah. And and it's but it remains to be seen where he's gonna take it. Right. That's what remains to be seen. But what I find fascinating is that he does appear to see that that following in Kaladin's footsteps, so to speak, in yeah. Bridge Four's footsteps, is the chance to break free. It's it's fascinating when you put it this way because if he's getting kind of a do-over to be able yeah. to be in the Kaladin shoes this time, Kaladin makes right. a very specific choice. Right. right. 
that mm-hmm. changes the course of the path for his men. So it'll be interesting to see if Moash is similarly confronted with a choice. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah, like, well, is this experience changing him for the better? Or is he going to still be the same Moash that we know right now? More selfish, more right. wanting his own needs. Yeah, broken right? and... Broken uh, and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, that's... I, I really, really, really like this comparison. It's, um, mm-hmm. I think it was more subtle the first times I read it. And now that we're right. really picking it apart chapter by chapter as we're going towards yeah. the Moash stuff, I yeah. really see the the parallels being drawn here. A strange echo of his life mm-hmm. months ago in Sadius's war camps, except here he'd been given sturdy gloves, a nice pair of boots, and three solid meals a day. But the only thing that was wrong with this situation was that he had too much free time. Mm-hmm. What I like about this little paragraph is it's reminding us from the previous paragraph, we knew that he got these, these gloves, nice mm-hmm. pair of boots, but you're still a slave. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, you know, just because you might have other freedoms, um, that doesn't mean that you're free. No. It's, it's almost like slavery in disguise. Right. Like you're trying to get across to these, to these people. Look, we, we, we support you completely. Here's a, here's a fresh pair of boots. Yeah, check here's this a, here's out. a pair how, of gloves. Look, look how benevolent you know, we are. Yeah. Right. And it's veiled. It's still the same product that you're selling. Mm-hmm. You're still... And that was, that's, this is something that they address in this chapter is there's no escaping the sacrifice. You have to put bodies against those arrows. Right. And that is the, I guess that's the rub. Padded shackles. Padded, (laughs) padded shackles. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Little comfort, a little comforting on the wrist, but still shackles. Yeah. 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 Padded shackles. That's a great alternate title. Would have it, it's not in the not in even this, in the book. Um, That's just not even the book. But it communicates exactly what I'm what I'm getting at here. Wow. Yeah, that's perfect. Uh, I, just kind I of love came that. Out of my that's face. that's my highlight. I didn't right even now. think about right. that. Just padded worst, shackles. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's it, dude. Thanks, that's man. great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's a, that's a song. It's it's an album, that, maybe. Even. That's a song title. Yeah, maybe padded it's shackles, the band name, the album name, and hit song. It's just one. <laughs> I might steal that, dude. That's 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 a that's a song, dude. Then do it, right? Out of shackles. Well, well, yeah, well you know what? We'll put it song. on the show. We should submit it to Tom York. That's a, that's a great. <laughs> that's a great two two word two word combos that 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 are really great and they, and they communicate so much. Can it be on I like a, on like the Hail to the Thief uh, album where it has like two <laughs> names? It's like Padded Shackles, but it's also like three plus three is seven kind of thing. Like it's one, <laughs> it's one of those dual song title names. That's funny. Okay. The only thing wrong, uh, too much free time. You're right. So, so the devil will find things to do with your free time, mm-hmm. right? And in his, in this case, he's noticing that, you know, the, his, the men that he's around are getting restless. Right. They're, he, they're questioning for himself everything. too. He wanted the hard labor to be able to not right. have yeah. to think about shit. Right. Right. And he, and yet he, he's surrounded by those that are questioning everything. Right. right. Um, I love that they're in the, in the lumber yard. We talked about this before, yeah. but in the, in the journey and, oh, and I didn't make this connection. Um, um, n- not necessarily so, so subtly, but, um, I think it says it's coming up here. Yes. So, so they're in the, in the lumber yards were occasionally assigned to saw or chop, 
but there wasn't enough to keep them busy. This was a very bad thing, as he'd learned on the Shattered Plains, give condemned men too much time and they'd start to ask questions. Right. What I just, what I kind of wanted to get across, I think it's a little later, it mentions the Carpenters. Does and I? there's just, there's sort of a, yeah, now if I had Oh, you know had what, and, the, and I'm seeing it, and the Carpenters is in italics, almost like, it's a little wink to us, like, do you remember the Carpenters? Do you remember the carpenters? But also, uh, for me, it has it has the like the 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 tones, if you will, of of like a biblical story, yeah. right? So Jesus being, you know, claimed to be a carpenter, you know, of a, of a humble background, let's say, mm-hmm. um, and it's from this humble background that we have such amazing transformation and story arcs that are occurring with these characters. Mm-hmm. I just think it's an interesting little, like little subtle tone to place it in this lumber yard. Yeah. Um, both times, if you will. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of neat. Um, look, Ken says, at least tell me that you're angry. Saw don't tell me you think we deserve this. Saw says we harbored a spy. A spy that Moash had quickly learned had been none other than Kaladin Stormblest. Mm-hmm. Ken says, like a bunch of slaves should be able to spot a spy. Really? Shouldn't the Spren have been the one to spot him? It's like they wanted something to, something to pin on us. Like it's a, like it's a setup, Moash asked from behind. Mm-hmm. So do you think the Spren were consciously involved here in terms of getting this group of Parshmen uh, in trouble and into slavery so that Moash could have this opportunity? I don't think so. I think no. that they're, they're seeing only their side of the Kaladin encounter. Right. And they're like, how is it possible that the Spren didn't see them? And it's because right. Kaladin had Sill watching out for the spren for the and Kaladin right. was able to kind of you know lie very de- definitely when it came to when he interacted with the spren yeah. so mm-hmm. i think that that's giving um they're looking for yeah they're only yeah they're looking for a reason why they're being treated badly <laughs> they're, right they've just stumbled upon a, a jack crazy theory yeah. with regards to storm they're like yeah. and also navani <laughs> and also don't trust her. watch out for <laughs> people whose names begin with yeah. n if you, they, if, you if she wants to invent stuff you shouldn't trust her we are the knights named Navani. Um, okay, like it's a setup. Yeah, a setup, Ken agreed. They did that a lot, forgetting words. Or maybe they were simply trying the words out for the first time. I like this. I, lo- I, I love that too. Mm-hmm. Isn't that great? Yeah. It's like they didn't know how to, they know what the feeling was, but they didn't know how to put it into words. Because they've right. never used that word before. They've never used, right. Yeah. Yeah. Their accent was so similar to that of many of the bridgemen that had been Moash's friends. I thought that was interesting too. You know, like they're, these Parshmen, they're, and I'm guessing that they're using, are they speaking Alethi? They, they, yeah. they would be, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So it's interesting that they, their accent is similar to those that were placed in Kaladin's care as bridgemen. I yeah, think that's interesting. Yeah, he feels like he's surrounded by more, more bridgemen. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's more of a, of, of a connection, I guess, mm-hmm. to Moash. Let go, Moash. This is uh, an inner dialogue mm-hmm. here. Let go. Something deep within him whispered. Give up your pain. It's all right. You did what was natural. You can't be blamed. 
stop carrying that burden and let go. Mm -hmm. What do you think about this advice? Well, think, is, this is this benevolent to try to help Moash through his journey? Or is it a deception? What do you mean? Well, I, I don't know. Like the voice, like so many of these inner dialogues, I've been trying to figure out what it is. Like, is, is it, it themselves? Like, is it themselves? Talking to themselves? Is it their, or are, are you right. saying this could be like an, something, this could be something not of Moash? Right. Like is are all because there's so Moash, there's so much of this in the series. Moash has had these similar thoughts over the course of the last few POVs that we've had with him. Yeah, but I don't think those thoughts were ever italicized like this. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. The, yeah. So I, I I wonder about that. The funny thing is, is whether... that you know, um, back if this if we're talking about mirroring his last experience at the Shattered Plains with this one, then yeah. Moash was never allowed to put down the bridge to stop carrying that burden because that would mean death on the Shattered right. Plains, right? You right. had to keep going. You had to keep... And not only that, if you decided to let go, then that could put all your mates in trouble, right? Right. But this voice, his own inner monologue, whatever it is, is saying, saying you can't be blamed... Stop mm -hmm. carrying that burden. It's almost t like telling him, you don't have to carry the bridge anymore. Let go. Let but go, like, yeah. I, the give up your pain. It's all right. Like there's, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot in this little part here. You know, it, and it just could be that the voice is trying to get him to a point where he can move on mm -hmm. and become something else. Mm -hmm. Because how can he, he put himself into this subjugation. He wanted the hard labor. Mm -hmm. I don't think he was thinking about letting go of the burden of the betrayal of Kaladin, like letting go of what he did. He yeah. kind of, he was, it was, uh, self, uh, flagellation. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah exactly. it's like, he's inflicting pain on himself. He's As not punishment. in a state of, right. He wanted punishment. Mm -hmm. And this voice is saying, look, let go. Otherwise, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. There's going to be no meaningful change here. But like, I think, I think the sentiment of letting, <clears throat> letting your pain go is good, but not when you're saying, well, not when you're coupling it with, you did what was natural. You can't be blamed. You did what was, yeah, exactly. So that's it where. It wasn't so, like okay, this red, so let go, Moash, right. give up your pain. It's all right. right. You can forgive yourself. You know what I mean? You like can forgive no, yourself. Yeah, there's none, right. none of that stuff. So, this is, you so can't So the voice be would be admitting that there's something wrong. wrong. Sorry, say that again? So like, well, what, what, what you just said there was interesting um, because it's, it's not like the voice acknowledged that what he did was wrong. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The voice doesn't do that. No, it's saying you didn't, the, you did nothing wrong. Right. And that is, that's interesting. Right. Because I think to the audience, to the reader, it's pretty clear that the betrayal was not, this was not a good thing. No, no, no. So, I mean, he, so he that's what following I mean. his own, so this voice, his own need for vengeance, which is probably not right, but then also did it at the cost right. of like, he was going to attack Kaladin. If Kaladin hadn't, you know, leveled up in his knighthood, mm. you know, Moash had him dead to rights pretty much. I think I need to leave behind Navani and be more concerned about italics. 
there it is. The, the, the real, the real foe to the scholar. The, the threat italics. is the is the italics. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, sorry to take so much time on that, but no, 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 I, I've just good. been it's, wondering that for quite really, some really time. It's a really, really good part of this chapter, and I'm glad that we we talked about it. They each picked up another bundle and began walking back, passing by the carpenters who were making the ladder poles. Most of these were parchment, and one of the fused walking among their ranks. He was a head taller, was a, a subspecies, and grew large portions of carapace in wicked shapes. I love imagining this. This is a new this is a new kind, right? Right. Head taller, so mm -hmm. quite big, mm -hmm. and massive like amounts a of carapace. Version, like a heavy. He's a heavy, yeah. Yeah. He yeah, that's right. But with wicked these wicked shapes. I'm imagining almost like horns or like yeah. sharpened points, like yeah. really uh kind of like what the city of Kolonar has, these like, you know, those wind aggressive. blades or whatever, those like Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The fused stopped, then explained something to one of the working parchment. The fused made a fist and dark violet energy surrounded his arm. Carapace grew there into the shape of a saw. This dude is yeah. amazing. Yeah. It's so great. The fused sawed carefully, explaining what he did. Moash had seen this before. Some of these monsters uh, from the void were carpenters. Right. And I love that as well. That's a, that's what I love about this is that you've got this huge subspecies, so-called mm -hmm. massive carapace armor, taking the time to show the parchment how to do a given task. Right. It's not like he's cracking a whip. No. He's giving instruction. Right. And also, I like this, that, you know, they used to be carpenters. It just, I don't know, for some reason, I find it so fascinating to not have the, um, to not have the black and white mm -hmm. in this instance, because, you know, like, like I shared my concerns so long ago about the Voidbringers, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. let's, let's, let's be careful how we judge this whole situation. Yeah. As, as we read this, well, as I read this for, for, for the first time. Um, and yeah, I just, I'm enjoying any little morsel of complexity. So it, it almost lends itself to like, okay, well this, this fused, what was this fused before? Well, couldn't, could have been just a simple carpenter. Right. Now is fused. Now has become something else. Right. Yeah. It's I interesting. It's yeah. Um, Okay. Out beyond the lumberyards, Parshman troops were practicing, receiving basic weapon training. Word was that the army intended to assault Kolinar within weeks. That was ambitious, but they didn't have time for an extended siege. Kolinar had soulcasters to make food, while the Voidbringer operations in the country would take months to get going. This Voidbringer army would soon eat itself out of supplies. Therefore, it was better to attack using overwhelming numbers and seize the soul casters of Kolinar for mm -hmm. themselves. I like this a lot. Yeah. Just, just this little chapter put urgency to this whole thing for me. And mm -hmm. I, I just, I was eating it up. Yeah. This army needs, needs a, needs a win right now. Needs a win. And also, yeah, you're right. It just needs to accomplish its goal. Mm -hmm. You know? I don't know. I'm, I'm super excited. I, I think it's going to be, obviously it's not going to get rounded up in a few more chapters no. at the end of, cha of uh, part two here. No, there's so I'm guessing, lots of, I'm lots guessing of part three. Yeah. Oh geez. Maybe the assault is not even part three. 
Let's. I mean, wow. all, all I can say is keep reading, <laughs> right? It could be part four, like the end. Oh, uh, to quote, been chomping, uh, to quote been chomping himself, for this thing. Uh, Raffo. Raffo. Read oh, uh, and find out. Find out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's like read the manual thing. <laughs> yeah. I always hated that one. <laughs> um, okay. Every army needed someone to run at the front and soak up the arrows. Well organized or not, benevolent or not, the Voidbringers couldn't avoid that. Moash's group wouldn't be trained. They were really only waiting until the assault so they could run in front of more valuable troops. There you go. There you go. Just like Can't avoid it. And this is why I say, like, with regards to bringing ethics and morality and, and values and principles into war, that's why might does not make right. No. Just might just makes. That's it. Because you can't justify. You, you can't. You can't do it. No, it's true. It's one group versus another group. It's, you know, group identity. And, you know, the goal is either power or influence or unification. Mm-hmm. You can, you can just, you can try to justify all the, all the reasons for the, this clash between these, these, uh, these two groups but it's not right Mm. we were set up says ken repeated he was repeating this as he walked they knew that they had too few humans strong enough to run the first assault they need some of us in there so they found a reason to toss us out to die saw grunted is that all you're going to say ken demanded don't you care what our own gods are doing to us Saw slammed his bundle to the ground. Yes, I care. Saw snapped. You think I haven't been asking the same questions? Storms, they took my daughter, Ken. They ripped her away from me and sent me off to die. Then what do we do? Ken asked, her voice growing small. What do we do? Saw looked around at the army, moving and churning, preparing for war overwhelming, enveloping like its own kind of storm in motion and inexorable. The sort of thing that picked you up and carried you along. Yeah, I I like that little reminder too that it's often a thing that you kind of get swept away with. Mm -hmm. Like the individuality is not there. You're just kind of going along. Yeah, you're just part of the flow or whatever, yeah. I don't know, Saw whispered. Ken, I don't know anything. I do, Moash thought but he couldn't find the way to say anything to them. Instead, he found himself annoyed, anger spren boiling up around him. He felt frustrated, both at himself and at the Voidbringers. He slammed his bundle down and then stalked off out of the the Mm lumberyard. I I thought this was kind of bold of him, but then I realized, oh right, because he's different. Yeah. Being allowed certain privileges. Yeah, for some reason, right? Right. An overseer yelped loudly after him and scuttled after him, but she didn't stop him, and neither did the guards as he passed. He had a reputation. I love this. This And that's another big highlight for me. Right. And I also like it in a minute, well, I think it's in the next paragraph, where they describe the the overseer, like, following him. Yeah. It's just so fun fun to imagine. (laughs) I just, I don't know, Um, I'm just delighted in that. Yeah, like where were you where are you going? Yeah. I can't I can't quite treat you the same as the others. I can't but, tell uh, you to stop, but I guess I'm gonna have to follow you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. It's my favorite. He couldn't find one, so he settled oh sorry. 
hang on, an o- uh, left the umberyard, an overseer yelped loudly and scuttled after him. Moash strode through the city, tailed by the overseer, searching for one of the flying type of fused. They seemed to be in charge here, even of the other fused. Mm-hmm. But he couldn't find one, so he settled for approaching one of the other subspecies, a malin that sat near the city's cistern, where rainwater collected. The creature was heavily armored, had no hair, and the carapace was encroaching across his cheeks. Moash strode right up to the creature. I need to talk to someone in charge. Behind him, Moash's overseer gasped. Perhaps now only realizing that whatever it was Moash was up to, it could get her in serious trouble. The fused regarded him and grinned. Someone in charge, Moash replied, or repeated. The Voidbringer laughed and then fell backwards into the cistern, staring at the sky. Great, Moash thought, one of the crazy ones. There were many of those. Mm-hmm. There were many it's of weird those. How, yeah, there, yeah, there were many of those. So these, so some of these fused, and I think that she also acknowledges it, Lady Leshwi, mm-hmm. she acknowledges it as well, about how some of them are crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. What do you make of that? Like, that doesn't seem very, um, I don't know very good to have people in charge that are that are i think that's the we have to remember some of the fused Mm. are all the fused are parchment bodies Mm -hmm. that have had an ancient spren take over and Mm -hmm. create a new form and these ancient spren are thousands of years old they were trapped right um, we know that other creatures or other characters who are thousands of years old, the heralds, right. also mm-hmm. some of them are crazy. Yeah, that's because right. of the things they've been through. Right. So maybe it's the same kind of thing. Maybe some of these right. spren are just couldn't handle how long it took for them to get back into bodies, and they're just crazy. Like this one, mm. all this one cares about maybe is float is floating on the water. You know what I mean? Like they they just singularly focused on something that they want have been wanting ever since they haven't had a body because they've been in spren form this whole time, right? Right. We, right. There's th- th- there's literally nothing in here that tells us why, but if I were to guess, it's no. you know this long life, you know, it's, it's got to be something sometimes, to do with right. Right. When right. you're like, when you're watching that freaking first season of Interview the Vampire and you're like, man, I'd love to be a vampire. I'd love to live forever. I don't know <laughs> if you'd want like it after a few hundred years and, few hundred you know, years you might have it, a few yeah. episodes of absolute insanity because, you know, long life is, it's definitely a curse, you know? So I don't know. <laughs> but it's your, but it's your only chance at resolving the end of Sopranos. You have to, you need that time to be able to think about it. <laughs> you just need long time to be like, you know what? It was the right decision. It was the right decision. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Um, Moash stalked away, but didn't get much farther into the town before something dropped from the sky. Cloth fluttered in the air and in the middle of it floated a creature with skin that matched the black and red clothing. He couldn't tell if it was malin or femalin. Little human, the creature said with a foreign accent, you are passionate and interesting. Moash licked his lips. I need to talk to someone in charge. You need nothing but what we give you, the fused said. But your desire is to be granted. 
Lady Leshwe will see you. Great. Where can I find her? The fused pressed its hand against his chest and smiled. Dark void light spread from his from its hand across Moash's body. Both of them rose into the air. Mm-hmm. So is this the first time that we get void light as like written like that? Um, no. We uh, when Kaladin okay. escaped the Parshman group with like Saw and Ken when he escaped and he like was dodging some of these fused in the sky. We got mm-hmm. it then. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was like a dark okay. light. And then I think mm-hmm. I was trying to get you, I was trying to like make you say void because it was like an void absence light? of yeah. light. Right. And I was trying to like in a sneaky way, trying to get you to say <laughs> void light. Panicking, Moash clutched at the fused. Could he get the creature into a chokehold? And then what? If he killed it up here, he'd drop to his own death. I find it fascinating that he was thinking of tussling mm-hmm. with the, that fused in that instance. Right? Oh, because, I, yay, I killed her. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, why, why would he think that? I guess like, it's, it's, I, I find it's very telling that I don't think he wants much more than to get away from all of this. Hmm. Like that's, to me, that's very telling because why would he debate that? I think he, Moash seems to me like the kind of person who doesn't like to be forced on anything. Well, and this true, but this, he did request audience with someone in charge right. and this is what's required right. to get it. So I don't know. It's to me, it speaks to something else. It's like, maybe where his true heart lies. Like he's not for these void bringers and what they're about to do for some mm-hmm. reason. I don't know. These people are still his captors. So maybe there's a, you know, yeah. an innate Could just uh, you know, sentiment of wanting to fight his captors, even though he's yeah. like, yeah, things are much better here than they were back at the shattered plains. They rose up high to the sky until the town looked like a, a tiny model, the lumber yard and parade grounds on the side the man-made ward providing buffer against the high storms, creating a shelter for trees in the city lord's mansion. So just getting higher and higher. They ascended they ascended even farther, and the fused the fused clothes were fluttering. I think this is, you know, also this imagery is is uh, intentional. Mm-hmm. You you made you know, comments on it last time where it was yeah. like the the statues and the it's like a regalness, a royalty. Yeah, royalty it, or yeah. angels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Moash's ears felt odd up this high. It was quite cold up here. Chilly. And finally the fused slowed him to a hovering stop, and though Moash tried to hold on, the fused shoved him to the side and then zoomed away in a flaring royal of cloth. Moash drifted alone above the expansive landscape. His heart thundered, and he regarded that drop, realizing something. He did not want to die. Mm-hmm. That is also great. It's cool. This little nugget. Mm. He doesn't want to die. He doesn't want to die, no. That's interesting. Mm. Mm-hmm. He forced himself to twist and look around. He felt a surge of hope as he found he was drifting toward another fused. A woman who hovered in the sky, wearing robes that must have extended a good ten feet below her. So again, this this imagery, it... it um, it just speaks to that whole thing that we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier. Royalty. Um, I mentioned La Pieta, the Michelangelo sculpture. 
like a smear of red paint. Okay, well, there's our red color again. So that's back. Moash drifted right up beside her, getting so close that he was able to reach out and stop and stop him. That she was able to reach out and stop him. He resisted grabbing that arm and hanging on for dear life. His mind was catching up to what was happening. She wanted to meet him, but in a realm where she belonged and he did not. Mm-hmm. Well, he wouldn't contain, or sorry, he would contain his fear. Moash, she said. This is Leshwi. She had a face that was all three Parshendi colors, white, red, and black, marbled like paint swirled together, and he had rarely seen someone who, would, who had all three colors. And this was one of the most transfixing patterns that he'd ever seen, almost liquid in his eyes, or in its effect, her eyes like pools around which the colors ran. So let's talk about the color red then now. You've, throughout this whole series, you've pointed out red. Of course. And red is one of the three colors that mm-hmm. the Parshman-fused listeners, that their marbled skin can have. So mm-hmm. what is that? You've never once pointed out that they have red in them, and then that could be a bad omen. No, I haven't really clung to that one for, for not a great reason. Right, because it's like red and um, white, or red yep. and black, or and then he says here... Like all three, all three. That's very rare. He'd rarely seen someone who had all three. Right. So, and I think it's, you know, in this series, I I think it's complicated. Mm -hmm. I think that these characters have the capacity for good or being impartial or for being someone who acts and does the right thing. Right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not terribly concerned necessarily with the colors, just, just in terms of fiction, when you have the red telephone ringing and it's mm-hmm. bad news mm-hmm. or a person is in a red dress and then they become either the villain or the sacrifice. Red carpet um, once white. Red carpet once white. Like it, it just, there are clues that authors can use and sure, I wasn't sure. I, I just, wasn't sure. I, I find San- it fascinating that you'll bring up red, like, oh, look, red again. Right. But you've never once keyed in on it at all when it has to do with these people who, you whose know, skin it, has red in them, right? Right, right. So. And you know, okay, I'll, so I'll maybe expand on that a little bit mm-hmm. and just offer that for some reason when I started reading this series, yeah, um, I want, I became very hopeful that the Parshman and the Parshendi were not just a group of of them, those others, mm-hmm. that threat, that they weren't going to be just this, you know, um, something that we couldn't connect with mm-hmm. or or empathize with or learn from. Well, I think you got your wish right? because I, mean, I think so. You, yeah. Esh and I, and maybe yeah. now Venley and Saw and oh, Ken, and, and you know, all these characters are mm-hmm. are characters that we feel for, right? So yeah, no, exactly. So. Um, so maybe that was it. I was maybe just creating more hope, I guess, um, and wanting them not to just be one thing, but you're right. It, the, the imagery is still there. Mm-hmm. Um, and even her eyes are like, I believe that they're also solid red. Um, but m- most of the, all the fused have red eyes because remember, right. Um, the telltale sign that you're dealing with a void bringer according right. to ancient lore and all this stuff fairy tales and all that mm-hmm. is the red eyes so the red eyes mm-hmm. yeah how do you know my name moash asks 
Your overseer told me, Leshwe says. She had a distinct serenity about her. Her feet pointed down. Again, I love this imagery. It's very, mm-hmm. it's all angelic. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. The wind up here tugged at the ribbons that she wore, pushing them backward in careless ripples. There were no windspren in sight, oddly. Hmm. hmm. Why do you think that is? Hmm. Windspren don't connect with these beings? I don't think so. Oddly. Oddly. Why? Why do you think? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. uh, I don't know. Wind. Storms. Storm light. These creatures use void light. They use void light, right. So maybe windspren are more attracted to things they come from because windspren are attached to storms and, and right. storm light. And so, avoid, avoid is nothingness, right? Right. It's so a, when Cal is flying around, you know, there's that moment when he escaped the camps again. It's the same uh, chapter I'm bringing back again. And mm-hmm. he was surrounded by the member. Remember he, that was that moment where he was able to like, kind of like shoot his arms out and the, the windspread like went at his command and they, it broke that wind, the storm wall that was coming at him. Right. He was surrounded right. by them. So like, there's definitely a connection between, um, at the very least, Kaladin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Windspren, there might not necessarily need to be a, a connection between Windrunners or, or, right, but, and uh, but there's definitely a connection with Kaladin and Windspren. We know that, you know, Syl is like a cousin of the Windspren, right? She like pretended to be a Windspren mm-hmm. her whole time until she told us, I know what I She's am. She's an Honorspren. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's more, more to that, I think. Mm hmm. Okay. Um, so he's wondering how she knows his name. She tells him that it's because the overseer told, told her there are no windsprint up here. Where did you get that name? She asks him. My grandfather named me. Oh, okay. So I'd forgot this detail. Right. His so parents Moash says really that around, his grand- right? right. So my grandfather named me. Curious. She says, do you know that that is one of our names? It is. She nods. How long has it drifted on the tides of time, passing from the lips of singers to men and back to end up here on the head of a human slave? Look, you're one of the leaders. I'm one of the fused who is sane. There, there's that, mo- that comment again, right? Right. Then I need to... You're bold, Leshwe says. Many of the singers that we left here are not. Mm-hmm. We left here. See, that to me was like populating worlds. Right. Remember that it's it's hard to, to distinguish this, but always remember that the when there's a fused talking, it mm. is the spren that's talking, not the right. husk. If a saw or right. ken were to be taken over by a fused, that personality of saw or ken would go away and it would be the spren who would be now in charge of that body. Right. 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 So unless we talks, it is not the body, it is the spren. So when right. the, those spren left the world, she's saying when we left them here. Right. Right. 
because they weren't able to come back and inhabit those bodies again because they were prevented by, by honor. Remember that whole thing that the Stormfather told us about with damnation and, and the, the oath pack and all that stuff. We find them remarkable considering how long they were abused by your people, but still they are not bold enough. Huh? So they favor the bold, I guess. Mm -hmm. They're interested in the bold. Her face was angular, long flowing parchment hair, black and crimson, thicker than that of a human, almost like reeds or blades of grass. Her eyes were a deep red, like pools of shimmering blood. Where did you learn the surges, human? She asks. The surges? When you killed me, you were lashed to the sky, but you responded quickly, with familiarity. I will say, without guile, that I was furious to be caught so unaware. Wait, when I killed you? She regarded him, unblinking, with those ruby eyes. You're the same one? Moash asked. That pattern of marbled skin, he realized. It's the same as the one I fought. But the features were different. This is a new body, offered to me in sacrifice, Leshwe said. To bond and make my own as I have none. You're some kind of spren? <laughs> she blinked but did not reply. So, when Ka- when, uh, when Moash, oh jeez Louise, look at me, I almost called him Kaladin. When Moash <laughs> was with Graves on the Frostlands, yeah. escaping the Shattered Plains, mm-hmm. they got accosted by some fused, and Moash was able to be smart enough. Remember, he dropped the shard blade, went for his right. more familiar weapon, the spear, and he the killed spear. one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, that body died, and the Spren returned to the Everstorm mm-hmm. and then was and spit back out again and right. was able to take a new body, this body. So this is the same Spren that Moash killed before, but just in a new body. Which is why Yasna is logically concluding that we need to eliminate the hosts. If there's no, if there's no hosts that right. can inhabit these Spren, then we've won the war. But that would mean killing all these people like Sa and Ken, who have their own lives, their own personalities. And this is exactly the reason why the listeners on the Shattered Plains were not wanting their old gods to come back. This is why Gavilar was killed. They did not want to lose themselves to these spren who would inhabit their bodies and take over. So for the greater good, they also chose to make a sacrifice by killing Gavilar. Right. To try to prevent, because that's what Gavilar was trying to do, was to try to do this. Right. To he bring was trying to bring these fused back. But I don't think that he fully knew the implications of I don't it think all, he, he? I don't think he understood the complexities you know? of everything. No. But he knew that if he could bring the enemy back, then they would be mm. granted powers, and that's what he wanted. Right? Mm. Gosh, this is so complicated. <laughs> <laughs> but this is why we do it this way, right? And this is why we're yeah. we're talking through it. And it's, it's a small a chapter to, takes an hour, I have right? To like, say, <laughs> mm-hmm. okay, um, Moash. Okay, hang on. This is a new body. You're some kind of spren. She blinked, but did not reply. She didn't confirm that she was a spren. Mm-hmm. I just want to point mm-hmm. that out. I'm not denying that they're not spren. Yeah, because I think that that's a whole other world, isn't it? Where there are spren that are you know, at war with each other. Yeah, that's Shadesmar, but that's not, that's not these Spren. No, but still, it it speaks to the complexity of the Spren. They're not just all one happy family. No, for sure not. It's not, right. 
Moash started to drop. He felt it in his clothes, which lost their power, to fly. He cried out, reaching toward the fused woman, and she seized him by the wrist and in injected him with more void light, and it surged across his body as he hovered again. The violet darkness retreated, visible again only as faint periodic crackles on her skin. My companions spared you, she said to him, brought you here to these lands, as they thought I might w wish personal vengeance once reborn. So, but I did, but I did not. So there you go. That's why Moash was kept alive, was right. to allow Leshwi to get vengeance for her for previous death. But she's right. like, no, you know what? Actually, you're pretty interesting. I'll keep you alive. Yeah, why would I destroy that which had such passion? Instead, I watched you, curious to see what you did. I saw you help the singers who were pulling the sledges. So, it's, you, know, you know what I find here is that she speaks about the Parsh, about the Parshman not being passionate enough or bold, bold enough. enough. Right. And she sees this quality in Moash. So I find it's kind of like these spren or void spren, if, we're, if, if that's what they're called, right? Mm -hmm. Void spren? Yep. Pretty much? Mm -hmm. So if, so their goal, it's almost like a parasite, you know? Mm -hmm. it, it, it needs a host. It doesn't care what host it is. No. So if the Parshman can get them there, okay. Great. But it might be curious if some others exhibit qualities that also could be corrupted. Mm -hmm. And if you can get, if you can get somebody like Moash to become a host or become fused, mm -hmm. then he might be able to get others under his sway. Right. I don't know. I, I just, I just see it as a, as a potential opening for, like I've said to you, I think a, a long time ago is what's preventing the Alethi or, you know, um, or any of the others mm -hmm. on Roshar from being corrupted and fused. Yeah, you're, you're right. There's, you, I, I think that you're, the more you're reading, the more these instincts that you had early on seem mm. to be on the surface level anyways, seem to be coming true. Right. But, yeah, maybe. but, but nothing has actually happened yet. So no, I think theoretically I you might be right, but. Mm. If Sanderson doesn't make it happen in the books, then it's not true. Do you right. know what I mean? Then it's not true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like it's a good, it's good to discuss it, but we don't know nothing like that has actually happened yet. Okay. Um, I do want to point out one word that I want you to keep in the front of your mind that is very important. Okay. Sure. Why would I destroy that which had such passion? Passion, right? right? We can continue. I just want we've you to remember about, passion. We've talked about the passions, right? right? There's the, the, the Thalens. The, they believe in the, the passions. Thalens. Mm -hmm. But let, let's let's just remember passion for now, and then we'll. I'm sure it'll come and back it, around in the, in, the, in the next little bit. And how passion is tied to emotion, right? Well, she talks more right. about emotions later. I with know, him, right? So let's she does. yeah, let's keep yeah, that yeah. in mind. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Moash took a deep breath. Can you tell me then why you treat your own so poorly? Poorly, she asks almost sounding amused. They are fed and clothed and trained. Not all of them, Moash says. You had those poor parchment working as slaves, like humans, and now you're going to throw them at the city's walls. Sacrifice, mm. she says. Do you think an empire is built without sacrifice? She swept her arm across the landscape before them. 
Moash's stomach turned over. He's, he'd briefly been able to fixate only on her and forget exactly how high he was. This land was big. Extensive hills and plains, grasses and trees, and stone in all directions. And in the direction she gestured, a dark line on the horizon. Kolinar? I breathe again because of their sacrifices, Leshwi said. And this world will be ours, because of sacrifice. Those who fall will be sung of, but their blood is ours to demand. If they survive the assault, if they prove themselves, then they will be honored. You fought for them during the trip here. Honestly, I expected you to have me killed for that. If you were not killed for striking down one of the fused, she said, then why would you be killed for striking one of our lessers? In both cases, human, you proved your passion and earned your right to succeed. Then you bowed to authority when presented and earned your right to continue to live. Tell me, why did you protect those slaves? Mm -hmm. To protect them, right? This is a direct connection with Kaladin, right? right. I must protect them. Yeah, why did you but want she, to protect but them? But she's curious about it. Why, why did you want to protect them? Because you need to be unified, Moash says. My people don't deserve this land. We're broken. We're ruined. Incapable. She cocked her head. A cool wind played with her clothing. And are you not angered that we took your shards? They were first given me by a man I betrayed. I don't deserve them. No, not you. It's not your fault. There's that inner dialogue mm -hmm. voice again. In, in italics again, right? In italics, yeah. You aren't angry that we conquer you? No, he says. Well, then what does anger you? What is your passionate fury? Moash, the man with an ancient singer's name. Yes, it was still there, still burning, deep down. Storm at Kaladin had been protecting a murderer. Vengeance, he whispered. Yes, I understand. She looked at him, smiling, in what seemed to him a distinctly sinister way. Do you know why we fight? Let me tell you. Hmm. And then we get a little ellipsis, ellipsis here. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, she seems much more sinister I, on this time reading it with you and mm -hmm. going over it with you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, I feel like she's encouraging him, like she wants him to become something for her own purposes. Like right. it's like the emperor taunting Anakin or something like that. Right, it's, right. Wants to bring about something in Moash that, that is there. To foster she wants that, to, to foster that passionate yeah, fury. Yeah. Yeah. She wants to bring that out in him. And again, that's why I feel like with these, with these void spread, they don't care if it's parchment. Mm-hmm. I don't think they care. No. I think the Parshman caught on to this whole thing. Maybe by, instead of becoming singers, they became listeners and mm -hmm. began to like listen to the world and go, you know what? This isn't good. There's you this know, line here. Let's, let's says, abandon these, the, our old gods. We, we, we're going to make a change. Yeah. Um, and maybe these void spren were, you know, not really, not really having it. Yeah. There's this part here where she says, uh, the world will be ours because of sacrifice. Those right. who fall will be sung of, but their blood 
is ours to demand. If they survive right. the assault, if um, if they prove themselves, they will be honored. Like right. their blood is ours to demand. Like they have ownership over these parchment, these singers, listeners. They they own them, and in the, right. it is ours to do with as we please. We own them as we please. Like we, yeah, and not any different than what the Alethi and all the other cultures were doing with them either, right? Like they were using them for manual labor, but they're, they're, these yeah. guys are like, yeah, we own these guys. They're ours to do with as we please. As we please, And yeah. if they do what we want and they succeed, then they'll be honored. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like it's, that either. It, it, no, it's, 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 it's kind of like selling the propaganda. It's like, if you accomplish this, you'll, you'll be sung of. Like I don't want to, and I find it's interesting to bring in the word honored, right? Like yeah. you'll you'll be honored, right? Like that way, because because you'll have you'll have honor by right. accomplishing this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, honor. Yeah, it's funny that that, that is definitely that be a honorable? funny little slip in there, right? Yeah, yeah. How can that be again? Might makes it's not it's not right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we we do get a point of view change here, mm -hmm. or uh, it's a, a scene half change. or scene change. It's a half an hour later. And Moash is walking the streets of the conquered town. He's by himself. Lady Leshwe had ordered that Moash be left alone and freed. So he can leave. He can go he can wherever leave. he wants and do whatever he wants now. Right. Again, she's, she's found a new toy or pet. Mm -hmm. She's caught a new fish. Someone with passion, someone with fury, someone with vengeance in his heart, someone who's confused or lost broken maybe can be manipulated to what she would like yeah yeah right this could be very bad news mm -hmm. considering how talented he is he's a good fighter yeah has lots he's a of good passion fighter. and he and he knows a lot of kaladin's tricks yep he, he definitely does yep that's a high intel mm -hmm. okay so he's walking around hands in his pockets of his bridge four coat he still felt chilled from being up in the sky with, with Leshwi. This was a nice town. It was quaint. Little buildings, plants growing in the backyards. The plants smelled of civilization to him. A sort of civic perfume that you didn't get in the outer wilds. They barely quivered as he passed. Though life spread bobbed at his presence, the plants were accustomed to people being in the streets. Mm -hmm. He finally stopped at a low fence surrounding pens holding the horses. The animals munched the cut grass the parchment had thrown for them. Such strange beasts, hard to care for and expensive to keep. He turned from the horses and looked over the fields towards Kolinar. She'd said he could leave and join the refugees making for the capital, even defend the city. What is your passionate fury? The voice inside his head asks, thousands of years being reborn. What would it be like thousands of years? Mm -hmm. And they'd never given up. Prove yourself. The words are reminded in his mind. Yeah, both, he turned, both again in italics. In italics, yeah. He turned and made his way back to the lumberyard where the workers were packing up for the day. They worked with a relaxed, almost jovial air, all save for his crew who, as usual, were gathered by themselves and ostracized. Moash seized a bundle of ladder rods 
off a pile. The workers there turned to object, but cut off when they saw who it was. He untied the bundle, and upon reaching his crew of unfortunate parchment, tossed a length of wood to each one of them. Saw caught his and stood up, frowning. The others mimicked him. I can train you with those, Moash said. Sticks, Ken asks. Spears, Moash said. I can teach you to be soldiers. We'll probably die anyway. Stormont will probably never make it to the top of the walls, but it's something. The parchment looked at one another, holding rods and that could mimic spears. I'll do it, Ken says. And slowly, the others nodded in agreement. Like what else are they going to do? Right. Right? It's either rush up with those ladders and just die, or at and the die, very or... least, learn something that this guy can teach us, and maybe we can survive. They don't really have much right. choice. No. Um, what's your highlight? Um, I love this new term, singers. Mm-hmm. I feel like it opens it's up very good. Like this whole like world of like, what does this mean? Right. Like For what came? Like before. you said before, yeah. were they all singers before, and then a mm-hmm. small group of them became listeners? The ones that right. survived that were not like put in a slave form, or were singers and uh, listeners both part of a cultural like kind of mm-hmm. mosaic that you know interacted yeah. with each other's? Some listened and some sang, and, and you know sep- what I mean. Right. Like I, it's it's so interesting. That's that's my highlight. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you bring that up again because it's really cool. I, I, and thematically for me, the way I've been interpreting it in my mind, right or wrong, mm-hmm. is that these Parshmen that became wary of their gods and wanted to reject them or the, or the Parshendi, you know, you know, like they, they didn't want the old gods returning. Mm-hmm. That to me, it seems poetically like they became listeners. They, they were, because if, if you're singing, if you're speaking, mm-hmm. you're not listening. Yeah. It's just an echo of what you're spouting out. You, you, you're not learning. Right. You have to listen to learn. You mm-hmm. have to, you know, you have to read and listen to learn. Um, if you're always the one talking, <laughs> like we are. Yeah, we're always um, talking. We're never listening. Yeah, we're always talking. <laughs> Although, you know what? I actually do more listening on the show than yeah. I do singing on the show. Because right, you're, you're literally you're rereading editing. the chapter and I'm listening to you reread right. the chapter and then I'll like kind right. of poke, poke in. So you're the singer, which makes sense because you're actually a singer. <laughs> and I'm the listener, which doesn't really make sense because I'm listener. also a singer. But I'm in this moment in my life have decided to resign myself to no longer sing, except that the actual spoiler uh, uh, warning for this episode is actually me singing it instead of just saying it. So um, yeah. my whole point is shot now. <laughs> Dude, I, I think my highlight has to be your word coupling. Padded shackles. Padded shackles. And also the big way this chapter began with that observation of like, look, this is still slavery. Mm-hmm. Like we're in, mm-hmm. we're in padded shackles. We're still, no matter how you dress it up, yeah. we're still going to confront that wall of Kolinar with these ladders under the, under the hail of, of arrows. We're going to, we're going to die left, right, and center. Freedom only lasted as long as until they were subjugated again by a different force. Right. Right. Like they were only free for like two weeks when they were running away and then they got subjugated by these sprint again, thinking that these sprint were the ones who were going to help them. But now, Mm -hmm. yeah, man, it's a, it's a sad one. She's a sad one. Great, great chapter. Okay. Chapter 55, 
mm-hmm. alone together. Yeah. Oh. That's nice. There's another one of those little double word couples yeah, that says nice. a lot. Mm-hmm. Alone together. Um, this chapter is interesting. It's great. Um, I actually really like it. Me too. Um, I, it's one of my favorites in part two. Um, I love Relaine. I, I love the, I love Shen Relaine's story. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I also think it couples well with the last one we just did. Even though it was Moash's POV, we get right. this perspective mm-hmm. from Leshwi. Yeah, and how things are, uh, how things go, and how things are run, and everything. Mm-hmm. And like then we get Relaine's perspective on some stuff here. As being oh, like one of I our know. only listener Parshendi like friends, mm-hmm. right? This this chapter from Relaine would have been great in Words of Radiance because perspective was our theme, if you will, right. from Words of Radiance. Right. Th- this one's all about memories. Right. Um, in terms of Oathbringer, but but yeah, I really liked you know getting in his shoes a bit mm-hmm. at everything that is said to him and expected yeah. of him. Yep. Um, it's. It, in a way, it's it's such a, a burden that he has to deal with. Right. On There's a regular basis. these little comments that he makes, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and he's not, he's, and he, he'll always couple that with, like, I'm so appreciative. I love these people. Yes. But, mm-hmm. but they treat right. me this way without even realizing they treat me this way. You know? Right. And, and they don't understand. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wonder if there are any... Anyone out there that reads this, like maybe this is something that people can, you know, like we've been doing this lately where we ask the uh, listeners, and I don't mean the Parshendi listeners, I mean like our listeners, our to listeners, come out with yeah. like their own stories or their own ideas and send them into the show. And I wonder if this hits hard for some, some in the world who are, you know, treated a very certain way because of their, their race, their religion, their sexuality, their, their whatever, mm-hmm. you know, their station life. Um, and you know, by the people that are closest to them. Do you know what I mean? Like they, they know that these people love them, but they can't help but fall into these tendencies that end up insulting them kind of by accident sometimes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel for that a lot. Like I, you know, I think that's why it's, you know, it's big, a big faux pas to try to, to have a little bit of understanding for other people lately in this world. But I think it's important for us to check ourselves sometimes because we don't know what affects someone negatively. You know, my passing comment may come from a different place than where it's landing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. And, Intention uh, is... Uh, yeah, yeah exactly. and Relaine does a really... Uh, I mean, Sanderson and Relaine does a really good job here of showing that for him and what that means for mm. him in his life. So if anybody's mm. got any stories or or wants to share some of their experiences, uh, feel free to, to send us uh, some some messages. We'd love to hear about, love to hear from you. So this, this chapter begins with, I am the least equipped of all to aid you in this endeavor. I am finding that the powers I hold are in such conflict that the most simple of actions can be difficult. Hmm. So which one is this? This is, I'm guessing this is the one who denied being a No, no, no. This is all, this is all one letter written from the writer to the receiver. Okay. The, uh, the epigraphs are back and forth. No, these are, this is not a conversation. This is one letter from one person to Fendarius or whatever his name is, mm-hmm. Fendarius or whatever. Um, so I'll tell you something without actually being able to tell you anything. Oh, okay. 
I never noticed what? who the writer of this letter could be until I reread this chapter. You never noticed who the author of this letter... I assumed letter... that I didn't know who the writer was. Until I read this epigraph, this time, I've read this book four times. Until I've read this time, recovering it for you, when I was doing my notes, I was like, holy shit. I was like, oh my God, I, I think I know who this is. I know what character really? wrote this. Yes. And I don't think I ever knew. Did you get to knew. discuss that with the community? I, 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 no, I hadn't. I mean, I, I, it's possible that some messages were sent my way on the yeah. Discord at some point, but it never really fully landed for me until I read wow. this part and I was like, holy shit, of course it's this person. So I, wow, that's yeah, crazy. so like I got, gave myself some goosebumps Now here. is this, okay, can I ask you this question? Yes. Oh, I guess, I guess you can't well, answer let, it. Let, because ask the question and I'll tell you I'll ask I the question. Yeah. Is, is the author of this, um, of this letter, mm -hmm. a character or entity that I know of thus far in my reading? No. Now, don't. I know that's a very... You don't. I don't? This is a character. The author of this letter is from a different book. And not necessarily rhythm. Could and be not necessarily rhythm. I'll give you this. I'll give you this. Oh, wow. The author of this letter is from a completely different series within I was, the Cosmere. I was hope I was uh well I'm glad that you gave me a nugget because I was just thinking in my mind, wow, I wonder if this character is from another series, is from the Cosmere somewhere. They are. Wow. Yeah, they are. So and I was like I, I, I was flabbergasted when I read it. I was like, as if I never noticed this before. That's mind blowing. Mm -hmm. How how does how does Mr. Sanderson do this? Like know, in terms dude. of planning it out. That's crazy. There's like six Sandersons. They're all clones of each other. And I don't like know. they're and then like he's like just wow. like he's like a maestro like yeah. conducting a chorus of writers who <laughs> you know what I mean? Jeez. Yeah. Wow. Well, okay. Um well, that's what we get at the beginning of this one, alone together. We we do get Relaine, and this is a very I don't know, I loved the intimacy of this chapter. Me too. Like getting close to Relaine and mm. feeling his concerns, his pains. I love the way that he attunes to all these different songs in order to deal with what he's getting. Right. If and you he, will. He, he mentions a few times in this, we're going to get to it here. Mm. Um, but he mentions a few times where he believes that people around him, especially bridge mm. four can feel the rhythms even though they can't, right. they seem to give evidence, evidence sometimes that they do. And I know I, you can't it's help really but cool. think that like, you know, their proximity to him and their relationship with him and their friendship and love for him has allowed mm. them to somewhat feel it. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. just like when you become friends with someone and maybe right. they're, they're a little bit different than you, you start to empathize and also feel Right, like them. of course. It's just like when two people become friends and then they start making the same jokes and you end up sounding like each other. It's kind of like right. that, except with the rhythms, right? <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Well, proximity is a, a, a theme that is playing in this, in this series. I mean, look at Kaladin with the proximity of the powers. Right, to the, 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 the uh, squires. We're just going to talk about mm -hmm. it right now, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, so Relaine sat on the Shattered Plains alone and listened to the rhythms. Enslaved parchment, deprived of true forms, they weren't able to hear the rhythms. During his years spent as a spy, he'd adopted a dull form, 
which heard them weakly. It had been so hard to be part from them. It's it's kind of interesting how he sacrificed being attuned to these rhythms in order to be the spy, right? So yeah. he, he lost something in doing it. He sacrificed something. So yeah, your like normal work form, you can hear them. If you mm-hmm. downgrade, downgrade, mm-hmm. I'm doing a ta- sure. I'm doing quotes yeah. again here. You downgrade them to dull form. Dull you can form, just yeah. barely hear them. You can still hear them, but you can just right, barely just hear barely. them. And then yeah. the Parshmen who were the slave class mm-hmm. were the ones who were devoid of any rhythms. They couldn't hear the rhythms. Couldn't hear them. Right. Yeah. So when the Everstorm hits those people, that reconnects them. That takes them out of the slave form right. and reconnects them to the heart of the rhythms of uh, uh, of everything that's around them. So they can finally hear the rhythms again. And they don't, don't mm-hmm. get a, 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 um, like a, a, um, a form of power or anything, but they're no. finally able to be reconnected with the, the, they can finally hear it again. So yeah. Yeah, really and they interesting can, They stuff. can finally form their rhythm nation. They can. Are we going to do this again? Are we going to do a I think we're gonna do whole this again. series of rhythm jokes? Janet, yeah. Because it's, it's going to get Miss, you. Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. Remember that. <laughs> I'm. Hey, I'm always <laughs> Miss Jackson when I'm nasty. <laughs> okay, they weren't, they weren't quite, they weren't quite true songs. They were beats with hints of tonality and harmony. And he could attune one of several dozen to match his mood or conversely to help alter his mood. Mm-hmm. His people had always assumed the humans were deaf to the rhythms, but he wasn't convinced. Perhaps it was his imagination, but it seemed that sometimes they responded to certain rhythms. They would look up at a moment of frenzied beats, eyes getting a far off look. They'd grow agitated and shout in time for a moment to the rhythm of irritation or whoop right on beat with the rhythm of joy. Mm-hmm. I love this dude. Yeah. It's really great. Yeah, it's great. I like that for someone's experience for this Parshendi, mm-hmm. you know, um, he has a, a truth, these rhythms that he attunes to. It's, it's, it's a part of him. It's a part of his reality. And at first glance, it seems that his reality is not shared by others. Right. And then it is. It it becomes a, a pattern, if you will, that you see in other people that they're they're actually they understand more about what's going on with you than you might think. Right. So I don't know. I, I find that really interesting. Me too. I love it. I, I love how there's instinct involved there. Even they might not be aware of what's happening. Just like when no, Kaladin right. was using Stormlight without even realizing he was using it. Some mm. of these humans are attuning to the rhythms without realizing that they are even just right. for moments. Right. It comforted him to think that they might someday learn to hear the rhythms and perhaps then he wouldn't feel so alone. Yeah, this is interesting too. You know, if, if a few of his friends could only share this with him, mm-hmm. he wouldn't feel so alone in this group. He currently was attuning to the rhythm of the lost, a quiet yet violent beat with sharp separated notes. And you would attune to this to remember the fallen. And that felt the correct emotion as he sat out here outside Narak, watching humans build a fortress from what used to be his home. They set a watch post atop the central spire where the five had once met to discuss the future of his people. Mm -hmm. They turned homes into barracks. So imagine the complexity that Relaine must feel in this. It, it's, you know, it's, like, it's crazy, right? It's, it's, yeah, it, it is crazy. Um, 
Relaine is fascinating that way because he... I think that he agrees with what, I guess, what Kaladin is is doing. I, I'm, it remains to be seen whether he agrees with what Dalinar is doing. Yeah. Um, and to have that connection with what's happening, but also recognizing that it was the result of the destruction of his home. Right. Like, that is really complex mm-hmm. to get behind. But like, how it, could you become... Did he say it already or did he, is he about to say it where he's like, mm. but the people who were, that they fought were no longer his people. Right. You know what I mean? I know, but even, but even that, even convincing yourself of that yeah, or it's, getting to that point is, that is a, that's a journey. Yeah. It's like mental, you're doing mental gymnastics, trying to oh, wrap crazy. your brain around what, what is right? What is, what is wrong? These people who yeah. killed, destroyed my, my, my family, my loved ones are now my loved ones and they're now my family. Like it's crazy. Right. Yeah. It's, it's gotta be really, I feel for Relaine so much, which is why I think it's really cool that they, him and Renarin have found each other. Oh, dude. That's goosebumps. I'm yeah. showing Jack my arm. Da, goosebumps. That's, that's, that's my highlight. Me too, like, dude. Uh, me too. When, when he brings he, up. He like, misses him, right? He's yeah. like, oh, he's not here. I wish he was here. Right. Yeah. Um, it says here that he was, well, I, I was going to just, uh, just say that it must be kind of similar to those who have experienced or gone through civil war. Mm-hmm. Where you are fighting amongst yourselves amongst your own group so your own perceived group and then fighting starts division begins and the fighting begins Mm -hmm. or the disagreements begin um he was not offended though by all this this takeover from the alethi his own people had repurposed the ruins of Stormseat into Narak. So that's also interesting to remember is that Mm -hmm. his people Mm -hmm. got here and it wasn't Narak no. Initially, it was Stormseat. Right. It's an old, like, Epoch's Kingdom uh, town right. or city, and they mm. repurposed it for their needs, too. So it's for just their like the, needs. you know, the circle of life, right? Like, Elton right. John would have been, like, super <laughs> singing about it. He would have been a singer. He would have been a singer. No doubt these stately ruins would outlast the Alethi occupation as they had the listeners. Mm-hmm. That knowledge did not prevent him from mourning. His people were gone now. Yes, Parshman had awakened, but they were not listeners. No more than Alethi and Vedans were the same nationality, simply because most had similar skin tones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Relaine's people were gone. They had fallen to Alethi swords or had been consumed by the Everstorm, transformed into incarnations of the old listener gods he was as far as he knew the last yeah because he doesn't know wow. about food these dude. others he actually mentions food dude, in this chapter and dude, we're like dude he there are some that could be still alive that's right right i know food i'm telling you that esh and i thing where she was battling with she was battling it mm-hmm. and and ultimately won yeah by by allowing the opportunity for food to, to get out yeah yeah, a small it's, part of her was still able to do something. And it yeah, was because, it, like, Thude had her mom, I think. If her mom hadn't been right, in that group... Right, Let's say her mom yeah. passed away two months before or whatever. 
Yeah. Like then maybe she doesn't make that that choice make that doesn't make that that decision. But I yeah. I don't know. It's really cool that Thude Thude is mentioned in here because he's like, well, I guess I'm the last one, and we're screaming at the book, going, "You're not the last You're one! You're not bro. the last one!" Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, where were we? Um, he was not offended, right, about this takeover. The nationality simply because they had similar skin tones. Relaine's people were gone. Consumed by the Everstorm, transformed, as far as he knew he was the last, he sighed, putting, sorry, pulling himself to his feet. He swung his spear to his shoulder, the spear they let him carry. Mm-hmm. He loved the men of Bridge Four, but he was an oddity, even to them. The parchment they allowed to be armed. The potential Voidbringer that they had decided to trust. And wasn't he just so lucky? Yeah, this is what we're talking you know, but, about. This is what we're talking about. But but you know what, though? There's no way to escape this uh, reality. Mm-hmm. When, when, you're, when you're at war with another group, another army, mm-hmm. okay, and then you're going to experience one of those others that you're fighting mm-hmm. who is different, who exhibits a different uh, way of looking, a different perspective then that will be the one that you are going to allow to carry a spear. That will be the one that you are going to suddenly trust. And it's an inescapable uh, reality for both parties to deal with. Mm -hmm. Like, don't forget, we are getting Relaine's perspective here, but there's also the perspective from each and every one of the others having Relaine in their group. Right. Right. So... So we can't lose that as well. It's just, it, it's, I think what this chapter is really getting across is that these complexities, the complexity of feeling all this is inescapable. Right. For both sides. When, right. But I, but I do like it that we get it from Relaine's because Me I think too. it, it gives a, a moment of pause, uh, for us as readers to think about, well, what more could Bridge Four be doing to help Relaine? Right through this you know yeah there's more examples of this to come here and um Mm. i just i really love that the line and he says and wasn't he just so lucky right i know yeah like it's so so lucky to to be with us yeah yeah. i know i i I thought well it's it's so funny that saying something like that can can feel like a little ooh, it's a little pinch yeah right Mm -hmm. and that's the thing that's what relaine is feeling he's like oh wow when he looks at his spear, he's thinking, well, this is what they let me hold. Right. And aren't I just right? so lucky that they allow me to hold a spear? And they allow, yeah, they allow me to tag along. Right. You know, like it's, yeah. it's kind of like. But then he, it, in the same breath, he's like, I love them. You know, he loved yeah, the men yeah, of Yeah, let's get Ford. to that. He does love them. You know, like it's, I love it because it's complex. It is. So he, he crosses the plateau to where people are being trained uh, under Tef's watchful eye. Mm-hmm. They didn't wave to him. They often seemed surprised to find him there, as if they'd forgotten he was around. But when Tef did notice him, the man's smile was genuine. They were his friends. It was merely... How could Relaine be so fond of these men, yet at the same time want to slap them? So there's the complexity. Right. That's a perfect line. It, exactly. It's both at the same time. Mm-hmm. He, feels, he feels some acceptance, mm-hmm. and, is, and is in some ways very grateful mm-hmm. for what's, what has happened to him. But it's also a double-edged sword. Yeah. There are other complex emotions dealing with all of this. Right. They, they might not even notice he's there, 
But when they do notice, yeah. they give him Invisible. a warm smile. Right. And but, slaps on the back. Right. But he's, but he's also an afterthought. But when they do think of him, right. they really yeah. genuinely like him. Like, they yeah. do. Jeez oh, Louise, man. It's complicated. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, when he and Scar had been the only two who couldn't draw Stormlight, they would encourage Scar. They would give him pep talks and they kept, you know, keep trying. They had believed in him, Relaine, though. Sorry, they had believed in him. Relaine, though, who knew what would happen if he could use Stormlight. Might it be the first step in turning him into a monster? Right. So it's kind of like with Scar, it was all about encouraging. And you, right. know, you can do it, you can do it. But what? But with Relaine, it was more like, what well, does it mean for him to have power? We don't want him to turn into a monster, do we? Like, yeah. it's that whole thing. Like, yeah. okay, we, we gave him a spear, but do we want to give him a piece of gum too? I don't yeah. know. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. It, Minty it, fresh? It's, I don't know. <laughs> and he, and you know, Relaine is dealing with this for sure. Like, and, and that's not something that the others are going to be so readily sensitive to. And you know what? Again, super highlight at the end where Kaladin pauses his life long enough to say, tell me Relaine. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. The, the, the fact that Kaladin at the end of this is like, look, you know what? I do need more understanding. It's all thematic, right? Like at the end, Kaladin becomes the listener, right? Like, and becomes yeah, the yeah. Listener. Well, well, let's get there. Yeah, let's get we'll, there. yeah. we'll deal with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Keep trying. He, he would become a monster. Yeah. So again, you know, it must be kind of weird. It's like, you know, um, to be amongst pals or friends. But how some of your friends and pals might view you as, you know, a serious threat Mm -hmm. or potential monster. Like, I don't know. That's, that's incredibly complex to, uh, to get, uh, your head around. I think Mm -hmm. never mind that he told them you had to open yourself to a form to adopt it. Never mind that it was he that said he had the power to choose for himself. Mm -hmm. Though they never spoke of it. He saw the truth in their reactions. As with Dabid, they thought it best that Relaine remain without Stormlight, the Parshman, and the insane man. People you couldn't trust as windrunners. Hmm. So again, he gets put into a category of the outcast, mm-hmm. right? The outlier. Yeah. Right. Five bridgemen launched into the air, radiant and steaming with light. Some of the crew trained while, other, uh, while another group patrolled, checking on caravans, and a third group... The ten other newcomers that had learned to draw in Stormlight, they were training with Pete over a a few plateaus over. That group included Lynn and all four of the other scouts, along with four men from other bridge crews and a single light-eyed officer, Kolot, the archer captain. Mm -hmm. Lynn had slid into Bridge 4's camaraderie quite easily. And had a couple of the, sorry, as had a couple of the other bridgemen, Relaine tried not to feel jealous that they almost seemed more a part of the team than he did. Mm-hmm. Even these newcomers, right? right? So again, and this is something that invariably you would feel right. as part of one of this other group coming into a new group. Right. Right. It's, it's, it's kind of no different in some ways. You could sort of microcosm it into when you're a kid that moves to a new a new town mm-hmm. and you don't know the kids at school no 
And you're one um, of the kids who have been going to that school with these kids for three years, and this new kid comes in, and then everyone loves that new kid, and you're like, what about me? I've been here for three years. Right. That's right. Right. So, it, so it's kind of like that. I mean, if to, to bring it down, I mean, this is more, more complex. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Taft led, sorry, led the five in the air and Relaine, sorry, in the, through a formation while the other four strolled towards Rock's, oh yeah, Rock's drinking station. No, this is cool. Mm-hmm. So Relaine joins them and Yake slaps him on the back, pointing toward the next plateau over where the bulk of the hopefuls continue to train. And Yake says, that group can barely hold a spear properly. You ought to go show them how a real bridgeman does Akata, eh, Relaine? Kellek help them if they have to fight those shellheads, Eth says, adding, taking a drink from Rock. No, no offense, Relaine. So this is where we get our first little, another, another pinch. Yeah, shellheads. Shellheads. Yeah. Like in all wars, soldiers will demonize the other side and come yeah. up with these names for them yeah. to help with their own mental health of having to kill mm-hmm. the foe, right? And shellheads sure. is one of these things that Bridge Four has obviously done in order to help them feel not as guilty to fight the foe that they have to fight. You can't, you can't in war, you can't be dealing with the complexities of individual names. No. You need, you need a reduction statement. Right. A group, a group uh, name to, to call them. And you also have to simplify the mission. Mm-hmm. It's us versus them. Right. These are shellheads. Right. We, we don't want to add They're the complexity people. of. No. No. No, you, you, you can't have that. Mm-hmm. It, it, it muddies up the mission. No offense, though, Relaine. Yeah, no offense. I know. So he has to deal with that. Yeah. So it's, a, so it's like, this is the spear we let you hold. This, you're the person that we're going to trust, but we know we shouldn't. Right. You're the, you're the potential monster if you're able to, uh, to get this power. Mm-hmm. No offense, Relaine, about the shellheads. You're right. Yeah, I just, I love, I love the fact that Sanderson paused enough to give us this perspective. Mm-hmm. It's really great. Relaine touched his head. All right, imagine that. You're told you're like a shell head is mentioned and you happen to have carapace. You do have a shell head. Yeah. Yeah. So he touches his head. Uh, it, like this, it, it pains me. Because he held war form. That's, that's what it says here. He was right? holding, yeah, he was holding war form, covering his skull. It had stretched out his bridge four tattoo. He had protrusions now on his arms and legs too. And people were always wanting to feel those. They couldn't believe they actually grew from his skin and somehow thought it was appropriate to peek underneath. Again, I, I love the fact that the, the tattoo was still there because yeah. the carapace is underneath the skin and it's stretched out the, so he's got this like kind of unique design on his helmet head, mm-hmm. on his shell head, that is the bridge four tattoo, but it's a little bit stretched out because the skin has been stretched. I love mm-hmm. the fact that it's still there and that it didn't get ruined, mm-hmm. but it's just a little stretched. You know what, you know, what's kind of almost poetic there is, you know, stretched, but not broken. Right. So it's kind of like, okay, in some ways it's being threatened because I got to deal with so much here. Like, you know, this distrust, I'm Mm -hmm. a monster, you know, so it's the the integrity of the tattoo is, is being threatened in a way, but it's, it's still there. Yeah. And, and Relaine is doing such a good job dealing with all of this. Yeah, he is. Um, 
sorry, Relaine, Relaine Rock says, It's okay to throw things at death. He has a hard head too. Almost like he has shell. <laughs> this is good from Rock. I like this. Rock. It's, it's Rock, man. We've already, we had his POV. He's the one who nourishes and heals the men, like spiritually almost, right? Like he mm-hmm. tends to them like a gardener or whatever. Like he's, Rock yeah. is the shit, man. He's awesome. But, but we might have a bone to pick with Rock by the end of this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so he says, it's all right. It's all right, Relaine says, because that was what they expected him to say. See, that breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. He says, it's all right, not because it actually is. Mm-hmm. That's what they would expect him to say right. from, you know, shellhead comments and, you know, this kind of thing. Although I, I will give credit back to Yake, who says, hey, wh- why don't you go show them how a real Bridgman does this? Right. That's fantastic. Yeah, he is a real Bridgman. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know. And that's how the men truly do feel. Yeah. It's just, it's all these little extra little things mm-hmm. that, um, that kind of keep reminding Berlaine that, well, you're not really one of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if they really could truly feel the rhythms, they would realize that it's not all right. Cause he says it's all right. Cause right. that's what they expected him to feel, to say, but then he accidentally attuned irritation. Right. And the rhythm laced his words with it. Like, it, so if they were really attuned, if it was another listener around, they would have known mm-hmm. that he, it wasn't all right. Do you know what I mean? Right. So yeah, it's, it's funny. And to cover his embarrassment, he attuned to curiosity and tried Rock's drink. I love this. Mm-hmm. That he, he, he feels the irritation in the rhythm and he goes, okay, oh, that's um, not, that's not who I want to be. Right. So he's, so he's like, okay, well, you know what? I'll be curious oh. about Rock's drink right. now and right. get onto this other. Mm-hmm. I love that about him. He mm-hmm. pivots. Yeah, it's great. Um, this is good. What What's in it? He asks. Ha, is water I boiled Kremlings in before serving them last night. Eth spurted out his mouthful and then looked at the cup. What? Rock said you ate that, you ate the Kremlings easily. But this is like their bath water, Eth complained. It's chilled, Rock says, with spices. It's good taste. Is bath water, <laughs> says, and so he was imitating Eth's accent or Rock's water. accent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, is bath water. Teft led the other four in a streaking wave of light overhead. Relaine looked up and found himself attuning longing. So he's longing to be with them, mm-hmm. to be in the sky. Yeah. Right? He attuned peace. Peace, yes. He could be peaceful. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I hope he's not like suppressing. He actually wants to be angry and he's suppressing it. I hope that's not what they're subtly hinting at that little. I don't think so. This isn't working, Dre, he says. We can't storming patrol the entirety of the Shattered Plains. More caravans are going to get hit. Like that one last night. The captain says it's strange for those Voidbringers to keep raiding like this, Eth says. We'll tell that to the caravaneers from yesterday. Yake shrugged. And they didn't even, they didn't even burn much. We got there before the Voidbringers had time to do much more than frighten everyone. I'm with the captain. It's strange. Well, maybe they're testing our abilities, Eth says. We're seeing what Bridge 4 can actually do. They glanced at Berlaine for confirmation. Uh, am I supposed to be able to answer? He asks. This is Berlaine. Mm-hmm. This is another moment. This is yeah, great. Yeah, like we all know each other. Well, Eth says, I mean, Berlaine... They're your kinsmen. Surely you know something about them. 
Yeah, you can guess, right? Yake says. So it's funny how in one breath, Yake is saying, go teach them. Like, you know, you're show one of them us. a real Bridgman. Yeah. And then in, in another breath, Yake is like, well, you're yeah, one of them, well, right? you're one of them, right? Yeah. So there's that complexity yeah. that Relaine is always having to deal with. Like, you know, one guy will pat him on the back and it's good. And then a few sentences later. Yeah. He's got to deal with it's this. It's tough, man. It's really tough. It's tough. It's really tough. Um, Rock's daughter refilled his cup for him, and Relaine looked down at the clear liquid. Don't blame them, he thought. They don't know. They don't understand. And these words are in italics. Eth, mm-hmm. Yake, Relaine said carefully, my people did everything we could to separate ourselves from those creatures. We went into hiding a long time ago and swore that we would never accept the forms of power again. I don't know what has changed. My people must have been tricked somehow. In any case, these fused are as much my enemies as they are yours. More even. And no, I can't say what they will do. I spent my entire life trying to avoid thinking of them. Mm-hmm. Pretty concise. This This is such a measured response from Relaine. Mm -hmm. There is no emotion. There's no reaction. There's no, you know, to anything that he's dealing with, with Mm -hmm. the men. He's just perfectly explaining why he wouldn't know. Yeah. So again, this has got to be a highlight. Like, you know, he's, he's dealing with a lot. I just, I think it's amazing. I love the more even in there. In any case, these fused are as much my enemies as they are yours. More even. Right. Because they're my my people. Because, yeah, they're literally taking over my people. My people, right. They're compromising my people. My people are better than this. My people aren't just this. Yeah. They've taken my people and made them your enemy. Right. Right. That's an interesting perspective. Mm -hmm. They've taken my people and made them your enemy. Right. Wow. That's crazy. Scar had quickly taken to flight. His landing was the most graceful. This is Teft who's uh, bringing the others down. Um, and Scar lands very gracefully, but Hobber hit so hard that he yelped. Um, they jogged over to the watering station where Rock's eldest daughter and son began giving them drinks. I love and this Ramin, family. I love, the, the, I love that Rock's family is Rock's all involved there. with all this now. Yeah, it's Me awesome. too. It's great. Relaine felt sorry for the two. They barely spoke Alethi, though the son, oddly, was Vorin. And that's because monks came from Yaakoved to preach the Almighty to the, to the Horn Eaters. So like on like a, like a mission. Yeah, they were on, like they were thing. missionaries. They were missionaries. And Rock, he let his children follow any god they wanted. Mm-hmm. That's also very cool about Rock. Yeah, very cool. You know, I'm not going to tell you one way or the yep. other. Find your truth, children. Mm-hmm. Whatever works for you. Whatever works for you. Mm-hmm. That's a great thing from Rock. So it was that the pale-skinned young horn eater wore a glyph ward tied to his arm and burned prayers to the Voran Almighty instead of making offerings to the horn eater Spren. Right. So it's interesting. So, you know, and like... It's almost like a little complexity within Rock's family. Mm-hmm, for sure. Right? To, be, to deal with, you mm-hmm. know? And you, you and I can attest to that. For sure. 
Relaine sipped his drink and wished Renarin were here. The quiet, light-eyed man usually made a point of speaking with Relaine. The others jabbered excitedly, but didn't think to include him. Parshmen were invisible to them. They'd been brought up that way. And yet, he loved them, because they did try. Mm-hmm. I love this. This try thing comes up. Me too. Oh, dude, it's amazing. Yeah. It's so great. It is cool. Um, maybe we should ask Relaine, uh, Scar asks. The others immediately jumped in and said he didn't want to talk about it, giving a kind of a lethe version of what he'd told them earlier. Mm-hmm. He belonged here as much as he did anywhere else. Bridge 4 was his family, now that those from Narak were gone. Eshenai, Varanis, and Thud. Yeah, see, this so mention, mention of Thud here is awesome, because they're all gone. It's pretty great. But, like, not the way you think, you know? The, no. Thud is not gone the way you think. So yeah, right. it's really, really cool. I want, I want food back so bad. <laughs> we, you know what's funny? Is you and I have like deified or glorified food and we barely even know this dude. Like we don't even no. know him. Like we've even, even given him the nickname no Thud the Dude. Like, you know, like. Thud the Dude. Yeah. It's like, you know what it's like? It's like um, Boba Fett. Like we don't really know Thud no. at all. And we've made him this really awesome dude. And then when mm-hmm. Thud finally gets his own TV series, it's going to suck. Yeah, and um, he's given a bunch of uh, rainbow Vespas to ride in. Or... It's going to be the Mighty Morphin Power Boba Fetts. <laughs> the, the Mighty Morphin Boba, Boba, Boba Fetters. Fetters. Boba Fetters. <laughs> um, okay. So Thude, he, he attunes to the rhythm of the Lost again and bows his head. He had to believe that his friends in Bridge Four could feel a hint of the rhythms, for otherwise, how could they know to mourn with true pain of soul? Interesting. Taft was getting ready to take the other squad into the air when a group of dots in the sky announced the arrival of Kaladin Stormblessed. He landed with his squad, including Lopin, who juggled an uncut gemstone the size of a man's head. They must have found a chrysalis from a beast of the chasms. No sign of Voidbringers today, Leighton says, but storms, the plains sure do seem smaller when you're up there. Yeah, Lopin says, and bigger. Smaller and bigger, Scar asks. <laughs> well, smaller, Leighton says, because we can cross them so fast. I remember plateaus that felt like they took years to cross, but we zip past them in an eye blink. But then you get up high, Lopin says, and you realize how wide this place is. Sure, how much of it we never, we've never even explored, and it just seems big. <laughs> the others nodded, eager. You had to read their emotion and their expressions, and the way they moved, not in their voices. Maybe that was why emotions spread came so often to humans more than the listeners. Without the rhythms, men needed help understanding one another. Hmm. This is it. There's great understanding when you're in the same rhythm, right? Right. Right. Um, and he's co- sort of commenting on these these humans' like social cues in their expressions of emotion. Right. No wonder. I, there are emotions spread around them all the time because it helps them be able to identify what the other person's feeling is feeling because normally yeah. with the listeners, they would just listen to the rhythm. The other one is attuning to right. and then know what the other person's feeling. Right. Um, who's on next patrol? Scar asks none for today. Kaladin says, I have a meeting with Dalinar. We'll leave a squad in Iraq, but soon after he left through the oath gate, 
Everyone would slowly start to lose their powers. They'd be gone in about an hour or two. Kaladin had to be relatively near, and Sigzil had placed their maximum distance at about 50 miles, although it started to fade at around 30. These so are here's really, another example of Sigzil recording the quantification and quantification of all this stuff. His due deal. And I yeah. was a suspect of that at first because mm-hmm. I thought it could be used against the group, let's yeah. say. Um, but now I'm, I'm, well, now they relaxed. know, right now they know like Kaladin yeah. can show up. They can all get like, like squired up and then he can leave mm-hmm. and they can still have their powers for about an hour. Yeah. So it's almost like he's coming in, casting bull strength and he's like, you guys get that for one hour. I'm out. Yeah. I'm you out. know what I mean? Like, right. Um, fine. Scar says I was looking forward to drinking more of rocks, Kremlin juice anyway. Kremlin juice, Sigzel said, drink halfway to his lips. <laughs> Other than Relaine, Sigzel's dark brown skin was the most different from the rest of the crew. Though the bridgemen didn't seem to care much about skin color, to them only the eyes mattered. Relaine had always found that strange, as among listeners, your skin patterns had, a, had at times been a matter of some import. So, Scar says, are we going to talk about Renarn? The twenty-eight men shared looks, and there had been a suspicious number of buckets to use as stools, as if Rock had planned for this. Mm-hmm. And that's my little beef with Rock, is they were organizing this talk about Renarin, about their concern about him reading. Mm-hmm. But remember that in Rock's POV, Rock's the one who told him, it's okay that you're different. We're all different and we're different right. together, right? Yeah, and then that's, that's true. When he we're different out, together. Uh, that's when he pointed out Relaine. Like, look at Relaine. Relaine mm-hmm. is literally the most different of all of us. Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of started this friendship between the two of them, right? So I think Rock is setting up the meeting area because that's what he's so supposed that we to can, do, right? So that we can deal with this. Yeah, right. Right. I, 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 I was concerned a little bit that he was genuinely concerned about it, but you're right. He did say that those words to, mm-hmm. uh, to Renarin. Yeah. Okay. And I, I think right. Rock so is that... definitely the kind of person where it's like, we must talk about feelings, not let them fester. You know what I mean? Right. Like we must talk sure, to each yeah. other. Okay. You know? Yeah. That, that, that helps me through it. Cause I was a little concerned at first about this clandestine little mm-hmm. meeting. And I thought, okay, this is not so great. This yeah. Everyone drink your crumbling juice and we talk about this. <laughs> What about him, Kaladin asks, frowning. What about him, with regards to Renarin? Yeah. He's been spending a lot of time with the scribes, studying the tower, Natam says. The other day, Scar added, he was talking about what he's doing up there. It sounded an awful lot like he was learning how to read. And the men shifted uncomfortably. So, Kaladin asks, what's the problem? Sigzel can read his own language, and I can read glyphs. It's not the same, Scar said. It's feminine, Drehi added. Drehi, Kaladin says, you're literally courting a man. Well, so, Drehi says. Yeah, what What are you saying, Cal? Scar snaps. Nothing, I just thought that Drehi might empathize. That's hardly fair, Drehi says. <laughs> yeah, Lopin adds. Drehi likes other guys. That's like, you know, he wants to be even less around women than the rest of us. It's the opposite of feminine. He is, if you could, you could say, extra manly. Yeah, says Drehi. I love this. <laughs> Me too. It's so funny. He I'm wants to spend even so less time around I'm, women, I'm even which more is extra manly. manly. I, yeah, that's funny. I love Lopin's perspective on that. It's great. I'm even more manly. I love it. And it completely makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. Calvin rubbed, 
Kaladin rubs his forehead and Relaine empathized. So this is funny. Um, I like this empathy from Relaine, from Relaine mm-hmm. because the men are concerned about, about Renarin being a little bit different. Right. Kaladin is not no. concerned here. No. no, he's not. And Relaine empathizes with that. Relaine is like, oh, okay. Because Relaine is used to being one step ahead of this whole thing. Right. And joins Kaladin's position here. It was sad that humans were so burdened as always being in mate form. Right. They were always distracted by the emotions and passions of mating and had not yet reached a place where they could put that aside. It's true. Relaine's got us pegged, you know? Relaine's got us pegged. Yeah. yeah. It's our damn we're mate all form. In we're an always alcove. in mate form for fuck's sakes. Yep. <laughs> Stuck in alcoves. <laughs> Letting just, our mate like form get the better of us. We can't walk by an alcove without looking back at it. Like, yeah, like, like thinking of what could be. <laughs> what could be. <laughs> what could get done in there. It looks okay. pretty roomy in there. Looks pretty. <laughs> um, he felt embarrassed for them. They were simply too concerned about what a person should and shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It was because they didn't have forms to change into. If Renarin wanted to be a scholar, then let him be a scholar. Right. I'm sorry, Kaladin says. I wasn't trying to insult Drahi, but Storms, men, we know that things are changing. I mean, look at the lot of us. We're halfway to being light eyes. We've already let five women into Bridge Four, and they'll be fighting with spears. Expectations are being upended, and we're the cause of it. So let's give Renarin a little leeway, shall we? Relaine nodded. Kaladin was a good man. For all of his faults, he tried even more than the rest of them. I have thing to say, Rock added. During the last few weeks, how many of you have come to me saying you feel you don't fit in with Bridge Four now? Sigzil raised his hand, followed by Scar, including Hobber. Hobber, you did not come to me, Rock says. Oh yeah, but I felt it. I felt like it, Rock. Everything's changing. I don't know if I can keep up. I still have nightmares, Leighton says, about what we saw in the bowels of Urethiru. Anyone else? Hmm. I have trouble. I have trouble, Alethi, Huyo says. It makes me embarrassing. Alone. Yeah, because he can only really speak fluent herdas. Right. I love, I love this moment, dude. I love, I'm like getting like, you know, uh, a little bit teary here i love this moment when the men are all admitting opening i also feel this way you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like it's just Mm -hmm. awesome when leighton says i still have nightmares of racial fear yeah dude it's really good i'm i i like the fact that sanderson has not let us forget about that moment that happened in the, 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 the bottom of the tower when they fought racial fear because it should have affected the men this way Right. Right. And the fact that right. Leighton brings it up, I, I, lo- I really love that. I think it's a, a really good attention to detail. I'm scared of heights, Torfin adds. Flying up there is terrifying to me. And a few of them glanced at Teft. What? Teft demands. You expect this to be a feeling sharing party because the storming horn eater gave you a sour eye? Storm off. It's a miracle I'm not burning moss every moment of the day having to deal with you lot. Well, there's his, right? <laughs> Natam parted uh p- patted him on the shoulder yeah there's his right right and i will not fight rock says i know some of you do not like this he makes me feel different 
not only because I am only one with proper beard and crew. Life is changing. We will all feel alone because of this, yes? Ha, perhaps we can feel alone together. They all seem to find this comforting. Well, except for Lopin, who had snuck away from the group and for some reason was lifting up rocks on the other side of the plateau and looking underneath of them. Even among humans, he was a strange one. Hmm. I like to believe mm-hmm. that Lopin is looking for Kremlings. Mm-hmm. Maybe strange Kremlings. Strange Kremlings. Lopin's, Lopin's something, man. Lopin is, he's keyed <laughs> he's into, he's the, keyed into First of stuff. all, it's the Lopin. Yep. So, uh, apologies. Apologies. The <laughs> Lopin is something. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> um, the men relaxed and started to chat. Though Haber slapped Relaine on the back, it was the closest any of them came to asking how he felt. Was it childish of him to feel frustrated? They all thought they were alone, did they? Felt that they were outsiders? Did they know what it was like to be of an entirely different species? A species they were currently at war with. A species whose people had either had all been murdered or corrupted. Mm-hmm. People in the tower watched him with outright hatred. His friends didn't, but they sure did like to pat themselves on the back for that fact. Yeah, even that self-congratulatory sort of position, like, oh, I'm different because I accept Relaine. Right. Okay, Karen. Even that's... Mm-hmm. We understand that you're not like the others, Relaine. You can't help what you look like. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah. We understand, Relaine, that you, 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 that you, you can't, can't help, help being be what you are. Yeah, because if you could choose, you'd be like us. Right. Brutal. Yeah. All this Relaine has to, has to go through. He attuned to annoyance and sat there until Kaladin sent the rest of them off to train. Kaladin spoke softly with Rock and then turned and paused, seeing Relaine sitting there on his bucket. Relaine, Kaladin says, why don't you take the rest of the day off? What if I don't want special accommodation because you feel sorry for me? Mm-hmm. Is the inner dialogue of Relaine. Right. Dude. It's so amazing how one sentence like, you know, what, why don't you take the day off? Yeah. Can be completely different, like a completely different interpretation inside of someone else. Yeah. That's truly amazing. Mm -hmm. Kaladin squatted down beside Relaine. Hey, you heard what Rock said. I don't know how you feel. We can help you shoulder this. Do you really? Relaine said. Oh, sorry. He says, I know how you feel. Sorry. I know how you feel. We can help you shoulder this. And Relaine says, do you really? Do you actually know how I feel, Kaladin Stormblast? Or is that simply a thing that men say? I guess it's a thing men say, Kaladin admitted, Mm -hmm. and then pulled over an upside-down bucket for himself. Can you tell me how it feels? Did he really want to know, Relaine considered, and then attuned to resolve? I can try. Yeah, it's really cool. Like... I can try, and him saying that that's what he respected so much out of the men, mm-hmm. that, that, that they try. Yeah. And then he has to do it yep. with Kaladin. Like, I, I, can, I can try to relate. I can try to re- relay Tell what I'm feeling. how I'm feeling, yeah. I can try. Mm-hmm. Dude, this chapter is amazing. It's good. It's a small one, but it's very, very cool. It's really good. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I love, love the fact that it ends with that. I can try, mm-hmm. like, dude. Give me a break. Yeah, at least that's he's like, trying. All right, we've, talk, we've all, said that all, many times. I, at least he's trying. That's all we can do with each other, though. Yeah. See, that's the thing. See, that's the thing about Relaine is he's so hopeful. That's all he can do. He can try to be. He can try to go through this. Mm-hmm. He can try to communicate to Kaladin mm-hmm. and get it across to him how he feels. He yeah. he can try. Yeah, exactly. I love it. What's your highlight? Oh, I don't know, man. That try thing is pretty great at the it's end. It's pretty great. It's pretty great. Um, I think just the whole thing, like this whole chapter, the perspective, what he has to endure and how eloquent he is in dealing with the men's responses. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's so complex. And also having the opportunity to see what it's like to have a comment come to you and then think, wow, that's actually an insult. Mm-hmm. You know? You're, you're being very, um, what's the word? Um, condescending. Con- yeah. Con- there's another word I'm searching for, but I'm not Condensation. Um, <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Yeah. That's okay. That's okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. This whole chapter is, uh, I don't know. It's, it's completely peppered with highlights for me. It's great. My yeah. highlight is, um, it's a simple one. It's that Relaine misses yeah, which- Renarin. Yeah. He misses him and to be there. He's found yeah. comfort in this other awkward, different member of Bridge Four, someone who doesn't belong, right. but they belong together. Mm-hmm. And and also it seems like like Renarin talk talks to him. Yeah. There's you know, sp- spends spends more time than just a slap on the back. Yeah, or there's a... there's something uh, a bond that's forming forming between these two that um mm-hmm. that seems to be important to at least Relaine. We haven't had a perspective of Renarin's post bond, but it seems to be that um this is important to Relaine, which is which is great. So I really like it. It's awesome. All right. Well, let's do a quick info dump here. Um, we um, thank sure. Buzzkill Joe for all the info dumpery that he does for us. Info dump. Um, chapter 54, um, the uh, an ancient singer's name. We get a little of information here uh, from Leshwi about... Um, um, about who she is and she is the, um, like we talked about earlier, she is the, uh, fuse that, um, uh, Moash killed on the Frostlands, which is really, really mm-hmm. interesting. Um, singers is a new term that we have the name, mm-hmm. the fused call both themselves and these newly awakened parchment. Um, so the awakened parchment, like we said earlier, are the ones who were in slave form, but then got reconnected to the rhythms. got reconnected to who they used to be, but they don't have any forms of power. And, uh, they're referring to them as a, or at least this ancient person that Moash's name comes from was a singer before. So we're not really right. sure how far that goes or what that means for relabeling this whole culture or whatever, like we talked about earlier, were they singers before and now they're listeners are these two different aspects of the same culture. We're not really sure yet. So, right. Um, we learned that, uh, Moash was spared because they thought that, um, lest we would want vengeance on him, which she did not want. Um, mm-hmm. we met a brand new type of fused, which is the one that was a head taller and the carapace mm, grew in large portions, uh, with these wicked shapes like spikes or something. Um, mm-hmm. the fused made a fist and a dark violet energy surrounded his arm and the carapace there grew into the shape of a saw. So it was like they were able to use the void light to make 
their carapace turn into something functional. So I wonder if that means they can turn it into a blade, into a hammer, into a, you know what I mean? So that'll be really interesting mm. to see what happens in the future here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's it for that chapter. Chapter 55, um, Alone Together, we have here uh, Narak. Um, it's, uh, um, we, uh, we're reminded here that it used to be, um, storm seat and that, um, legit the, um, Parshendi, the listeners, um, repurposed it from an old city and now it's been repurposed again. And Relaine right. says he can't be too upset because they did what the, like they have already done this before. So it's kind of normal, right? Um, mm-hmm. the name Varanus comes up. This is a, uh, Parshendi Lieutenant under Eshenai. Um, this is the, um, um, Parshendi that informed Eshenai that Thud was escaping back in that scene. Right. Um, in the, the, the words of radiance. Um, there are more squ- squires that are, uh, that keep joining like uh, characters like this Kalat, a brand new person mm-hmm. that's uh, in the group. And, um, yeah. so yeah, it's growing. There's four women now part of this squad, um, who are all going to be using spears, which is new. Um, uh, what do I have here? We have Kremlin juice. Um, that's fun. Um, <laughs> the bath water. We have the, this example of Vorn missionaries coming to, um, mm. the, um, the horn eaters. Yeah. The horn eaters and, um, turning rock's son into a, um, uh, into a believer, which is really funny. Um, um, I like this line here from, uh, from Relaine where he says among listeners, your skin pattern had at times been a matter of some import. And if we take what we learned from the last chapter where Leshwi's skin pattern carried over from one host to another, mm-hmm. then maybe the skin pattern that these listeners have is a holdover of who inhabited their, their, uh, bodies, you know, thousands of years ago. So. Right. Really, uh, really interesting stuff to think about. So, yeah, thank you very much to Buzzkill Joe for the info dump. Uh, we really appreciate all the work you do, buddy. Um, yeah, so um, that's the end of the episode, everyone. Uh, we are um, going to do a quick uh, send off here. If you want to be part of the show and uh, be part of the conversation, you go to patreon.com slash heroes of. You can sign up for the Patreon. Um, you can get the Discord server link and um, a bunch of different little tiers there. You can uh, you can peruse um, it right now. We're actually about to do something with the Discord group and I'm going to reveal it to Jack right now. Oh. Um, we are going to take a quick break, make a new coffee, come back onto the discord. We're going to go switch over to the, um, heroes, uh, the, the, the storm pod server, and you are going to live read the next two chapters, two chapters. Yeah, buddy. Does this, (laughs) that's crazy. And that'll be the end end of part part two? two. Yeah. Okay. So if you were ever interested in being part of something like this, where Jack (laughs) is now going to read live on air, 
um, and get his instant reactions to two, not just one chapter, but two chapters. But two. Um, you oh need to go goodness. to patreon.com slash heroes of sign up for the discord and you'll be able to be involved in any future uh, live reads that we do. Um, if you want to reach out to us and give us your, um, give us your stories about um, if you can kind of feel how Relaine feels sometimes where you are accepted, but still treated differently in the group of people that love you. Um, we'd love to hear your stories. We'd love to hear your comments on this. Uh, so reach out to us at um on twitter at heroes of one on uh, instagram at the storm pod drop us a line on either the facebook page or on the re- the subreddit the storm pod um or you can just email us directly at heroes of a gmail.com all those uh, links will be in the show notes so don't uh, hesitate to do that we really are enjoying this uh um uh this feedback and this uh, engagement that's happening so all right so you and I got to take a wow, break. Wow, that's crazy, dude. That's yeah. great. Yeah, okay. so we're going to go and take a break right now, <laughs> and we're going to go fill up our coffees. We're going to come back, and then you've got some reading to do live for the uh, so. for the listeners, as we like to refer for to For the them. listeners. Yeah, so, all right, everyone. Thank you very much. We love you so much. Until next time. Take care, everybody. The Storm Pod is brought to you by Heroes of... Music and theme song by Jack Forrest Productions. Additional music by Jason Moray. Produced by our wonderful Patreon team and the heroes of Akathra.